lights go down and you found yourself surrounded Astounded by the veteran crew that you discounted But we're back for our piece of this game And we remain on a mission to increase the recognition of the name That you saw on the marquee when you walked in the building to the show Thought you brought your potholes, but we feel them It's just one of our tricks, we're in the mix like trail The mic in my hand becomes a Molotov cocktail Igniting your vicinity from now till infinity Burning it down, we build it back from the ground up Jay Vigilante's a back on a round up We're trying to reach the folks in the back So turn the sign up Welcome to Magic in the Middle of Nowhere. I'm Travis D. Jones, and I am super fucking excited to be here. How about you guys? I'm ready to go, guys. <laughs> totally. All right, I like the enthusiasm. Way to keep it up. Uh, uh, all right, cool. Well, uh, since we're you know we're all here ready to go and super jazzed. Let's go ahead and bust into the news. Um, actually, I think I'm going to start this week with a uh, reader email. Well, it was actually a comment left to us on our page. Um, someone who prefers uh, prefers to say anonymous, like a pussy, says, uh, the whispering guy is creepy. Man up, dude. And uh, I kind of gathered that he was referring to uh, Robert, because Robert was kind of... Keeping it on the DL last time, uh, Robert. What do you What do you got to say to that? I don't know. Haters gonna hate. So. All right. Well, you're gonna. It seems like you're you're trying to uh, project a little more tonight. Trying to get it out there a little more. You know, talk up some. All right. That's good. See, I, I assumed you were just uh, talking like that in the previous podcast because yeah, there was a you know like a fine lady in your bed behind you like sleeping because you gave her a good pounding and uh, you were just trying to you know be considerate. Oh, were you looking at my window again? Well, you know, I do I do what I do. I got my other hobbies other than just playing magic. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there you go. So there, Robert is going to, uh, you know, be going balls out tonight. <laughs> uh, alright, well, let's get into this, um, some spoiler news here. I mean, obviously, today, uh, we're recording this on Thursday night. The pre-release is two days away. We got a Friday Night Magic tomorrow and then a pre-release on Saturday. And, uh, we just want to talk about a few of the spoilers that have been spoiled since our last podcast. I don't know, I think I'll, I'll start off. Um, I wanted to mention Galvanoth, the uh, red badass. He costs uh, two red and three. He's a rare beast. Uh, he's a 3-3. Three, three. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you may look at the top card of your library. If it's an instant or sorcery card, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. So, I don't know, I was, you know, making it, whipping up some deck lists today. And I made one that kind of is a, like a Koth deck. You got your Koth. And then Galvanoth, I couldn't remember his name, so I just wrote Instant Sorcery Dude on here. So you just try to load it up, you know, you got your sweet remo your removal suite, Lightning Bolt, Searing Blaze, Burst Lightning, Slag Storm, and uh, even Destructive Force. And with that, you should be able to kick a little ass. I was even considering pairing it with Red. If you have Jace the Mind Sculptor, you got Halimar Depths, you got your Preordain, you can kind of manipulate the top of your library with the blue. So uh, it could be a really sweet card. And, you know, it dies the Lightning Bolt, it dies to a lot of things. But uh, once it's in play, it it has a pretty sweet ability every turn. It's almost like it's a Planeswalker or something like that if you get, get the top of your deck manipulated properly and fill your library with enough sweet-ass sorceries and instants. Uh, what do you guys think? 
I think it's interesting. I think it'll be more of a casual card than a tournament card, but it'll probably be a lot of fun. Oh, sorry. I was about. I set my Yingling down there and it almost foamed over on me. Any, uh, any of you guys drinking anything tonight? By the way, nothing. <laughs> Not tonight. All right. Sad. I figured uh, I would have a Yingling. I know Chris was having that on the last show. If there's any listeners out there, I know we had like an Australian guy message us the other day, and we got, you know, if anyone's out there on the West Coast or anything, and you haven't had Yingling beer, which is spelled Y-U-E-N-G-ling, <laughs> it is actually the oldest brewery in America currently. Uh, since 1829, they've been open, and it is friggin' delicious. They got a great recipe for beer, so... Definitely check that out. Since we're on the in the east here, it's readily available, and uh, I definitely enjoy drinking it a lot because it's not that light swill that you get from all those other crappy breweries. But anyway, I digress. So yeah, Galvanoth, fun guy. How about uh, Robert? What what's the first card you would like to preview for us? All right, first off, we have here the Vidalcan Anatomist. Vidalcan Anatomist. Uh, he's a blue removal card, which seems kind of sweet. Uh, he's basically three mana for one two. You know, three mana and tap him. Put a native one one counter on target creature, and you may tap or untap that creature. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this guy. You put a minus one minus one counter on him, and you may tap or untap him. It it is pretty sweet. I mean, it would how often would you actually want to use that ability on one of your own creatures? I'm not sure. I'm sure it has uh, some kind of combo sense to it. Uh, there's probably a combo out there waiting for this card. You start going off and you know putting negative counters and um, tap or untapping. It seems kind of cool. Yeah, but this in limited, this guy is going to be a total badass. Yeah, and he also has a lot of really good flavor to him. Uh, I especially like his flavor text. Uh, it's specimen 211, examination report, observation. Uh, basically... Whatever he was experimenting on died, so he's bringing in a new specimen. So yeah, it's prepare cool. the next one for for my uh, horrible experiments. Uh, Chris, what do you think of this guy? He is weird. It's pretty cool. It's sort of like a partially like a strange pinger. Yeah, he is. He is. A, well, he's better. Yeah, I mean, he his activation cost is three, so you know, yeah, he, he's very more mana intensive. But he, it's a pretty sweet ability. Not only does he ping, he taps it, and he he can untap a blocker if need be. So, badass. Um, all right, cool. Well, the uh, Chris, what what's the first one you wanted to talk about? Cryptoplasm. Yeah, cryptoplasm. It's a uh, one and two blue two two shapeshifter. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may have it become a copy of another target creature. If you do, Cryptoplasm gains its ability. So, I don't know what I would do with this card, but it just seems like you could do all kinds of crazy stuff. It would be an interesting thing, I think. Yeah, I don't... What... I don't get it. It's the last line says, "If you do, Cryptoplasm gains this ability. He gains the same ability he already had." Oh, okay, I get it. So it's not only like the other creature, but it gets to do it again at the beginning of the next step. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. What it actually can do is like actually turn it to a creature, and then you can keep it as that creature until you change it again. Yeah, I mean this thing's versatile. If you have some other neat stuff in your deck, you can make it become that. Or if your opponent throws down a total badass, then uh, he becomes that that creature. So. Does seem good. One thing I can think of is uh, Halimar Excavator. You run the Cryptoplasm, Butterplasm, uh, the Jawari Shapeshifter, the Renegade Doppelganger, and some just 
mill someone out. <laughs> Shapeshifter.deck? Pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess if you want to go for your allies, then go for it. Good stuff. Um, let's see here. I guess I'll take the next one. A uh, card I already mentioned once uh, earlier was Slagstorm. It, this card is amazing. I like red a lot, and this card just seems like it's a uh, pretty format-defining. Uh, you know, it's really going to stop aggro dead for any deck that's playing red. So not only it, it is a sorcery that costs two red and one, and it's, it uh, deals three damage to all creatures or three damage to target player. Hey, what is it? It's a rare. So you you have your choice. Do you want to kill all the three powered and less creatures on the board, or you want to deal three damage to somebody's dome or pot, you know potentially their chase uh, the mind sculptor, whatever planeswalker they got there. That's your choice. Um, I think it's pretty friggin' sweet. It's you know obviously a little what a little better than pyroclasm. You can deal damage to players to finish them off. But uh, and I've heard people complaining that they think this is going to make Valakut way too good, you know, because the best way to kill Valakut off was to kind of aggro get them before they can get you. But and this is going to, you know, be exactly what Valakut needs to prevent that kind of thing from happening. I think it's just solid all around, and I'm looking forward to playing it in all sorts of red decks. Any opinions, guys? It kind of makes the elf deck a little worse. Uh, the elf deck's getting a lot of attention because it is a very good deck, and this kind of stops it dead in its tracks. Yeah, I mean, late game elves can still, if they have the Azuri they can and the mana, they can still re- regenerate everyone. But early on, this thing is a beating. Chris, you got any opinions on Slagstorm? I completely agree with you guys. It just seems pretty solid. I mean, yes, you love it, you slags. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, so who, who's next here? Who is it? Uh, Robert's turn again. Yes, sir, it will be me. We're we're looking at what now? Treasure Mage. No, we're saving Treasure Mage for last. Oh, okay. Mirror works right now. Mirror works. Uh, this is a card I've been looking at a lot, and I think I found a home in the Tezzeret deck for Mirror Works. Uh, can I make some copies of some some good artifacts? Like you know, I'll take an extra Ratchet Bomb or. You know, I'll take two warm coil engines. Why not? Seems good. Perilous mirror. <laughs> perilous mirror limited is fine. I mean, it's totally. Make a huge army of perilous mirrors. Sounds good. Uh, go, I mean, how do you want to block? Five's kind of expensive though. Yeah, but you know, you can get some value out of it later in the game. I think. Yeah, I guess you can play it the turn before you play your worm coil, and two worm coils is some good. And uh, I guess even if you were to make a worm coil uh, token with this, you you would still and it died. You would still get the the two smaller tokens, right? It still hits yes. the graveyard. But unfortunately, because it says non-token artifact, you don't get copies of those tokens. That that would be too amazing. Yeah, that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chris, any plans for Mirrorworks? Uh, no. It's pretty crazy, though. <laughs> All right. Um, so let me see. What is coming up next? Chris, uh, you wanted to discuss Distant Memories? Distant Memories, yes. Sounds so awesome. It's a <laughs> two and two blue sorcery. You can search your library for a card, exile it, then shuffle your library, and an opponent may have you put that card into your hand. And if no one does, 
then you get to draw three cards. So basically, you look for a card you want, you stick it out there, and you gotta, I mean, either way, your opponent gets to choose if you get to get the card that you picked out of your deck or get to draw three cards. Either way, it's pretty win. Now, is this not strictly worse than Diabolic Tutor? Which is a, you know, same cost, sorcery, black. You go search for any card, put it in your hand. Yeah. Um, who knows? The draw three is, is kind of good. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they get to see what it is and then and then choose just kind of sucks. Um, I mean, drawing three is great. Uh, I think, I don't know, because nobody plays Diabolic Tutor. So I don't see why this is gonna, how this is gonna get played. Maybe just because it's blue, they go and search their library for a card, I would probably just let them have it, because Diabolic Tutor isn't played, so obviously it's not that good. What is good is drawing three cards, so I'd probably be like, whatever you want, I will try to deal with it, but, you know, obviously if it's something that, at the, that point in the game will totally wreck you, you can let them draw three cards, so. I think it's actually worse than Diabolic Tutor. I don't know, that's just the way it appears to me. And uh, so I don't, I don't expect big things from this card, but it, it does. It's kind of cool. It's in, it's going to be fun to play with in, in limited and different places like that. But uh, I don't know about the the rare because Cyborg Tutor is only an uncommon. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is is that the right rarity for that card? Probably not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let me uh, get my uh, the last card that I wanted to talk about here. Um, being Massacre Worm, which is just a uh, giant black creature. It's not that that huge. Uh, it costs three black and three. It is a mythic worm creature. Uh, it's a 6-5. Whenever Massacre Worm enters the battlefield, creatures your opponents control, not your creatures, but creatures your opponents control, get minus two, minus two until end of turn. And whenever a creature an opponent controls is put in a graveyard from battlefield, from the battlefield, that player loses two life. So, you want to play this guy against tokens.deck, because whenever they cut their army of 1-1s out, they're going to be taking a shitload of damage, or losing a shitload of life, I guess, from the, this guy just as he comes down. You're going to wreck their board, and then you're going to swing in and destroy them. And uh, it just seems really sweet. And on top of that, this is an amazing card for um, Commander, just because it messes with all your opponents, not just one opponent. Any Any other impressions of this card, guys? Deals with Grave Titan pretty well. That's true. That's very true. It does. It's kind of a, a Black's own answer to uh, Grave Titan. So that's that's definitely a big plus. Uh, Chris, what do you? Any other impressions? No, it's it's badass. <laughs> Just hands down badass. That yeah. is correct, sir. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, that's that's one I'll be looking out for. It, you know, it might not see a whole lot of constructed play, but uh, I don't know. Depending on what the meta game's looking like, if there's a lot of aggro around, then uh, that's you know, kind of a black uh, version of Slag's Storm. So let me see here, Robert, you're you wanted to discuss. Oh, now you want to talk about Treasure Mage? Yeah, now I'm ready for it. Uh, this card is sweet. Uh, it's three mana, two two. It's a two and one blue actually. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an artifact card with converted mana cost six or greater. Reveal it and then put it in your hand and then shuffle. Six or greater opens up all those crazy possibilities, like all 
you know, unlimited altura of my blade steel, or I'll, I'll find a worm coil, or anything crazy big. Well, yes. It's really cool. Oh, yes. Uh, Chris, what what would you be looking for with this bad boy? I'd be looking for that rhino, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. The Razorfield rhino. Yeah. God, I never even thought of that. That's my new constructed deck right there. <laughs> I got help. Treasure Mage Razorfield Rhino combo deck. Dot deck. Seems good. Yep. You heard it here first, folks. Yep. <laughs> you also heard that the artwork is terrible on this thing. Uh, yeah, but I saw the, uh, everyone who goes to the game day is gonna get an alternate art version of it. I think a full art one, and that, that art is, uh, improved. Yeah, I'm looking for a place out of those, cause I do not want to have to play these ones, cause it's kinda, kinda creepy looking. <laughs> yeah, it's lame, but, uh, the artwork, but the card, it's, you know, it's versatile, it can help you search some stuff up. Um, what do you think? Is it as good as Trinket Mage, though? I think it is. Uh, you think it is as good? Yeah, I guess in the environment right now, Trinket Major hasn't really done much. There's no, you know, no Sensei's Divining Top to go get or anything like that. So, um, yeah, they could compete to actually see more play than Trinket Mage. Well, only time will tell. All right, and uh, we'll come to the last one we wanted to talk about. And, Chris, you got uh, Gruesome Encore. Yes. It is... Two and one black as sorcery, and you put target creature card from an opponent's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Gains haste, then you exile it at the beginning of the next end step. If it would leave the battlefield, exile it instead. Uh, it's, this seems like a cool card. Just It's always fun to bring creatures out of a graveyard, but then it's even cooler to slap someone in the face with their own creature. It's pretty sweet. I like yeah. it. Hell yes, and with the, uh, you know, the, the black, uh, dis- uh, destroy target creatures suite right now, you got Doomblade and you got the, uh, one that we talked about last week, the, what was that, go for the throat? Yeah. Uh, bet- between those two, you're gonna be able to kill just about every damn thing. There are no black artifact creatures in, in standard currently. Uh, so yeah, you're gonna have, some, you know, could have some decent guys in their graveyard, um, whatever it may be. This guy's gonna be fun, and on top of that, he gets Vengevine, gets rid of a Vengevine, and and slaps him in the face with their own Vengevine. So that's that's a lot of fun. I know Robert's not looking forward to that though. He's a Vengevine player. Hey, I love my Vengevines. You would. Yes, I would. The card's sweet. All right, so there's uh there's some of the spoilers, you know, all the spoilers we're, we're looking at on MTGSalvation.com. So if you haven't already been there to check that out. Go check it out. 155 cards in the set. Which brings us to the question, which faction are you guys going to be playing at the pre-release? You got, uh, you got the Frexians, the black and green predominantly Frexians, uh, uh, for which you will get the Glissa a promo card, or you can go with the Mirans, white and red Mirans, and go for the, uh, Hero of Bladehold promo. What, what's up? What's up, guys? Well, I think I've already decided, and I'm going Mirren. Uh, just because, you know, not only is the Hero of Blade a pretty sweet card, the commons and uncommons, I think, are of a high standard in the Mirren packs. You know, you have Go for the Throat and just all kinds of removal. And I think uh, Scars had a really good red pool, so you're, you're pairing the red up from 
besieged mirror and stuff and you know, pairing it into the scars and I think it'll be really good. So I'm definitely going mirror. All right, and uh, Chris, what are you inclined to go towards? Well, I do like that hero blade hole, but I'd probably go with uh, Fraxians just because I prefer black. darkness. Yes, <laughs> it appeals to your dark side. Yes, it does. I, I had a feeling that was going to be your choice. <laughs> uh, I myself will be going with the Mirrens as well, uh, just because I have to get that Hero Blade Hold. It's a pretty sweet card. I want a bunch of them. And uh, I really don't know which cards are... I haven't been paying attention to which cards are Mirren and which cards are Phyrexian. I will make do with whatever I'm given, but uh, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And uh, I think I'll be attending the pre-release um, in Hagerstown, Maryland, at uh, Mystical Keep, one of our former uh, stores of the week, and hopefully I do as good there as I did last time. I came in second last time at the M11 pre-release I played there. It's definitely a great time, busted some sweet cards. Hopefully I do so again, and uh, I don't know, then maybe I'll come back and attend ours here in LaVale, Maryland. I might not be able to play because i got to work overnight that night, which sucks balls, but... Uh, you know, got got to make do with uh, what I what time I have. Uh, you guys, here's here's what you do. Though. What's up? You come you come back. You make your deck. You play like your first two rounds and just drop. Just smash the first two opponents and ruin their day and then leave. Yeah, unfortunately, in the life of a married man, spending sixty dollars on magic cards in a day is frowned upon. I could probably only get away with one, but I could come and trade anyway. Whatever. That's very true. Yeah. You'll know about that one of these days, uh, Robert. Chris, Chris knows what I'm talking about. Uh, who knows? <laughs> For sure. Uh, alright, so, uh, I mean, are you, you, I guess Robert are playing here at our local store? Uh, yeah. Alright, and which, uh, which rare are you hoping to bust in your sealed pool that, to dominate the field? Uh, I'm not sure if there's a really a rare that I want. Uh, I'm thinking more along lines of good commons and uncommons. You know, just a nice solid deck. You know, though like a hero of hero of Oxid Ridge would be nice. Um, you know, Halkite Igniter would be good. Yeah, huh? Uh, so you're looking forward to the red. Yeah, true. Oh yeah, I'm I'm looking at red big time. Sweet, Chris. I'm trying to coax you into playing, man. You got you should come out. <laughs> yeah, I should. I'll yeah. have to. Represent. You should come to Hagerstown and represent. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, so there's that's it for the spoilers. Um, I wanted to mention, uh, you know, MTG Tactics came out. I tried to download it on two different computers and couldn't get it to work on either, so I don't know what the hell's up with that. I guess both of my computers I have are messed up, but it would not load up. It would not work. I don't know what's wrong. Um, either you guys try. No, not yet. Uh, it seems a little too casual for me. You know, I'm, I'm more of a competitive player, I think, deep down. All right. Well, Chris, you should try it out. I should try it out. Yeah, give us a report next time. We'll see what's up. I, I tried, but it just wasn't working for me. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, let me. I wanted to talk about. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, um, the Third Power. I believe it was their third episode. Um, that's a podcast all about cube drafting. And uh, I guess for you that don't know about cube drafting, I don't even know that much about it because I don't do it. A cube is just like a collection of your own cards that you have a whole bunch of, and then you you know have people draft 
your own collection of cards and you try to, you know, make it powerful cards, but try to make it even amongst the colors and stuff just to try to draft with, uh, you know, the most, most fun cards that you have available in your collection and uh, play those decks against each other. So they were talking about popper cubes, and uh, so it was cubes that were um, all collections of common cards. Everything had to be a common for a, a proper popper cube. And uh, I was thinking to myself, holy crap, this sounds fun, and I have a, a whole big, huge box of cards, like just old commons lying around, so I could probably make, like, 480-card cube um, just with the, those commons I got, and it sounded like a lot of fun to me, so I just wanted to, you know, give props to those guys on the third power for making a solid podcast that, uh, you know, seems like it's going to get me involved in cube drafting. Um, have either of you guys played cube before? No, but it seems pretty sweet. Yeah, it does, does seem fun. So yeah, well, I'll have to have you guys over and try drafting that cube. It'll be a good time. In other news, uh, I was been having it out over uh, Twitter with a guy I mentioned before, Robert the Beamy um, from the uh, Mana Screwed podcast. Basically, I am a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and obviously they're going to the Super Bowl, and it seems like he must be a Green Bay fan. So we've been having a bit of a back and forth, and uh, he proposed a bet with me, um, and the bet is that if Pittsburgh wins the Super Bowl. I will be hosting the Man of Screwed podcast um, in the following week after. And if he wins, if the if Green Bay wins, then he will be hosting our podcast <laughs> the week after the Super Bowl. But you know, I'm going to be wearing my lucky Troy Polamalu jersey, and uh, the Steelers are going to you know conquer those uh, cheese-eating bastards just like they do everyone else. <laughs> With solid defense, a good running game, and uh, Ben Raplesberger. I mean, Roethlisberger. <laughs> and uh, so I'm confident that, uh, you know, listen listen for me, listen out for me on the Manuscript podcast. It's going to be pretty good, I think. I'm going to, I told him I'm going to uh, drag down his podcast just like the Steelers D is going to be dragging uh, Aaron Rodgers' sorry ass to the ground. So there you go. What do you what do you guys uh, think of that? Uh, are you, are you kind of dreading another person coming in here potentially? What do you mean, potentially? Well, I mean, if the if uh, Green Bay wins, he'll be we'll have some you know basically stranger hosting the cast. It'll be kind of weird. No. <laughs> do, you, do you have no faith in your own team? Oh, I just said I I totally believe it, but the potential is there. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I think it it'll be interesting uh, when I when I'm on their podcast. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll listen to that one. Sweet. So yeah, there's our bet with the Beamy. So everyone uh, be looking out for for that fun stuff. Can kind of see our back and forth on Twitter if you're following us. Um, I am Travesty Jones, all one word, on Twitter. So follow me there. And uh, actually, Chris, you you are now on Twitter. Where can we follow you at? Bunsenator. Oh, same as your email. So yeah. Bunsenator on Twitter. Okay, cool. And uh, maybe Robert will get on there one of these days whenever he discovers the internet. Yeah, it's something about some kind of series of tubes or something. I'm not sure. The, inter- the internet is a series of tubes. Something like that. I don't know. All right, cool. 
So has anybody been paying attention to tourney results recently? I haven't seen anything too amazing as far as deck choices uh, coming around. Robert, have you seen anything new looking cool? Uh, there were some Pastor Mike's Splinter Twin combo decks that were doing okay. That's all. Uh, just a bunch of different things. You know, fairies aren't as dominant as people say they are, so that's pretty good. And uh, Naya is awesome. Just gonna say that. <laughs> uh, well, I have seen some uh, some fairies in top eights, but yeah, they I haven't seen them winning too many tournaments, and it seems like the uh, met, the field is properly uh, sideboarded and metagamed against uh, against them. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't seen anything too amazing coming out. I saw um, there's this guy Smitty from the 18 podcast, which I'd probably say is my favorite podcast on the MTG Cast Network. And uh, he's been trying to whore out his deck ideas. He's trying to become a, like a big deck builder. So he has this uh, green, white, black tokens deck that he keeps trying people to get people to play. And, uh, you know, it seems like a pretty solid deck. But he made a pretty uh, crazy statement on their last podcast that Conqueror's Pledge is the best five-drop card in Magic. <laughs> is he crazy? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I like Conqueror's Pledge, but uh, I don't know. T- tell me, what five drop is better? Um, Bainslayer Angel. Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Bainslayer Angel. Like, like really? Like, oh, I, I don't even understand what he's thinking. Isn't Gideon Jura five drop? Yeah, like it, Conqueror's Pledge, really. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure we could come up with some better ones. And you know, he he made a decent argument for it, I guess, but uh definitely not the best five drop in magic. Solid though. But anyway, yeah, check out his tokens deck. Maybe you'll like it. I'll I'll give him a shout out on that one. Okay, and I guess that pretty much does it for the news section here today. Uh we'll get into the uh old deck, new deck, future deck. I want our our segments we do every week here. Um, start with the old deck of the week. Um, Chris, what have you prepared for us this week? All right, this week I'm going to talk about a uh, not so serious deck. It actually sucked pretty bad, but it's talk about a deck I made for one of my friends. That I think I mentioned before, perhaps. Can't remember. Well, yes, I did. The same guy I stole his angel deck. He had an affinity for cats. Uh, yeah, I think they even uh, had like a nickname for him. Yeah. How did it, how did it go? How did it go? Well, they called him a kitty cat banger. Yeah, yeah, it was Swanger Swanger the kitty cat banger. <laughs> Fun. Well, so, so what did what did you do for him? So, one year I think for his birthday I decided I'd build him a deck of cards since. He always had a hard time building his own decks. I decided I would take it upon myself to build him a cat deck. <laughs> awesome. Made of nothing but cats. Just, you know, all your basic terrible cats. Um, well, they're not all terrible, but they're all cats. Like Canyon Wildcat, Cat Warriors, stuff like that. Uh, Wild Jovel from Mercadian Mass. <laughs> Just... A whole bunch of cats and uh it's a really cool spell, Wading in the Weeds. Yeah. Which had some pretty crazy artwork if I remember. Cat sorcery. That's yes, a cat sorcery. It's chock full of pussy cats everywhere. 
And so, how how did he like the deck? He refused to take it. <laughs> what? Yeah. What he an asshole. I give him 60 free magic cards, including rares, and uh, he wouldn't take it just because it was about his secret fetish. Oh, man, he thought his cover was blown, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh. He wouldn't take my uh, Sexy Cats book either. <laughs> what? What the hell is that? I found a book called Sexy Cats. It was a, just a bunch of pictures of cats in sexy poses. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's kind of creepy. Uh, okay. Everyone go to Amazon right now and try to buy this book. It's, that's, that's priceless. It's, it's called yeah. Sexy Cats and it's awesome. Uh, well, I don't know about you guys, but uh, furries, they, they kind of freak me out a little bit. Kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, the like, furries. Uh, I was at those PTQ ones, and these people were walking around with, like, tails hanging out. And, like, I was like, whoa, that's kind of weird. Chris, are you familiar with that, the uh, furries, that term? Are they those people that dress up as animals? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, no, they like to, like, they have, like, furry sex parties basically where everyone's dressed up in some sort of animal costume with like but like the full body ones with fur and the only thing that's hanging out is like their genitalia <laughs> and they the, get it on that sounds like something swanger would like <laughs> uh exactly man yeah that's what he would be turned on by man he was in all like the cat girl anime and all that shit and uh bondage <laughs> yeah bondage right. Yeah, lots of bondage fairies. <laughs> bondage fairies plus cats. All right. Yeah, you can uh, get sexy cats for one cent used on uh, Amazon. <laughs> really? One yeah. cent? Wow. Oh, I, Everyone go out and buy like ten copies of Sexy Cats for all your friends. No, you do not want the used copies. <laughs> the cat on the cover has a pearl necklace already. Oh my! Had your own. That is fucking gross. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Okay, so uh, based on your experience building like a fun uh, theme deck for your friends, would you recommend this to other people? Definitely. I actually also made a deck for myself once. It was a Ron Spencer deck, an artist. Every Uh-oh. card in the deck was a Ron Spencer card. Okay, so that's a good tip. You got a friend who says they like a particular artist, and then you just load them up a deck with all the cards featuring that artist and see see how that runs. Of course, trying to make it a usable deck, it'd be fun to actually beat somebody with your uh, Ron Spencer theme deck. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. How about you, uh, Robert, ever build any theme decks for anyone? No, but... It does bring up a good point. I need to make a Phil Foglio deck. So like, I have a bunch of his cards, and like I, I started like putting them in a binder, and, and I should make a deck out of yeah, them. Yeah, you are. You're a big Phil Foglio fan. Well, yes, uh, yes, I am. That's cool. But uh, actually, Chris and I both were a big fan of the same artist back in the day because I'm a huge uh, Ron Spencer fan myself. As far as artwork, it's it's very. Colorful and stylistic and cool, but I don't even know if he makes cards anymore. I don't think I've seen any for Magic, but, uh, yeah, so there you go. Cat deck. Fun stuff. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get move on to the new deck of the week, and this week I am actually going to take new deck of the week. Now, this is a kind of a weird deck, and I'll tell you one thing. You're only going to want to play it in very, very specific metagames. So if you play in the same small shop... And you're like our shop where people don't 
spend a lot of money on their cards. Like they don't go out and not you're not going to see the tier one decks all the time. And if the, you do see them, they're not going to be running four Jaces and stuff like that. Um, then what you're going to see a lot of is aggro because our deck just our, our store has a lot of aggro in it and uh, and extended right now. Um, so I designed a deck that is specifically designed to beat aggro, and it is uh, a mono-white control deck. And so basically, I'll run down a uh, list here. Four Wall of Omens, three Archon of Justice, four Figure of Destiny, one Sun Titan, one Worm Coil Engine, two Unmakes, one uh, Luminarch Ascension, four Oblivion Ring, three Day of Judgment, one Martial Coup, two Endless Horizons, two Rune Talo, three Condemn, two Prison Term, one Eternity Vessel, and 26 Planes. Um, and I know that's a lot of cards, you get a lot of ones and twos and things, but uh, it just it's cool that way. The, it has a lot of different versatility in its creature removal. It has some larger bombs that can do some silly things. And uh, Robert and I were actually playing matches against each other this past week, and uh, he was playing his Naya extended build, which is, you know, your your usual kind of Naya build. It has uh, a couple Fauna Shamans and Vengevines and stuff, and coming at you with Blood Braids and things like that. I was playing with this, and uh, I mean, what was your what was your impression of the deck, Robert? It has a lot of removal, uh, so if you have a slow start against it, like you're just you're gonna get stomped real fast. Um, so yeah. Yeah, well, no, I, you're gonna get stomped very slowly because basically I'm just gonna have a handful of removal, and then whenever you finally do start yeah. get going, everything's just gonna get killed in some fashion. It, it put me in time deck mode a few times. It was pretty cool. I, I liked it, you know. But yeah. if you play against a control player, you're just, like, sitting there with a the handful of removal, just like, oh, what am I doing? Yeah, exactly. If, if you're playing against fun. other control decks, you're going to get destroyed. If you're playing against, like, Valakut, the combo deck of any kind, you're sitting around doing nothing for too long, you're going to get destroyed. But if you're in a heavy, heavy aggro metagame, and, you know, there might be, like, one control deck, but you might not even see them, you know, in the tournament. If you, But if you know, like, most people are going to be playing aggro, play something like this, where you just have a crap load of removal, um, you've got some versatility, and I'll tell you what the superstar of this deck is, is Endless Horizons, which is a card out of uh, Shadowmore, I believe. It's an enchantment that costs one white and three, and then at that point, uh, whenever you play it, you can search your library for any number of planes cards and remove them from the game, and then you get the, so basically, you empty all your lands out of the deck, and then you're only drawing, you know, your non-land spells from that point on. You're only drawing gas. Something's gonna either remove something or be a big fatty on the table. It's gonna help you out a lot. And on top of that, I have one Eternity Vessel in, so if you can get that down early enough, I had mine set to like 11 the other day, and every time Rob would get my life down at all, I could just play a land, and it would reset my life total back to 11, which was pretty maddening for him. It was pretty annoying. I could tell. He was like, how am I going to get 11 damage all at once? Like, I was sitting there just like holding haste cards and bolts in my hand. I'm like, okay, I have 10 damage, but it's not enough. <laughs> how can I get that? Yeah, because... Whenever I have Endless Horizons, I get to put one of those planes back into my hand during my upkeep every turn if I want. So I'm always going to have a land to play to take myself back up to uh, whatever my life total is with the Tourney Vessel. So it's kind of a, a weird combo. And, uh, you know, just try to kill people off with uh, Archons of Justice, which even if it doesn't kill people off, if they're attacking you with a fatty, it's like a two. it can be a two-for-one or... Um, so, you know, it's pretty cool. And then you've got Figure of Destiny, Sun Titan, Worm Coil Engine, which can become huge guys. And if you're holding them off, you got one Luminarch Ascension in there, you can start pumping out Angel Tokens like Woe and Crush People. 
it's really fun. <laughs> I enjoyed playing it. I, tr I tried it back in standard in the day, and it was kind of fun then. And if you have a heavy aggro metagame, try it out. It's a solid deck. Choice. Yeah, so there you go. That's that's the, what was that? The new deck of the week. And now Robert is going to regale us with his uh, future deck of the week. What do you have for us? Well, today we have a Tezzeret Agent of Bolas uh, deck here. It's kind of uh, I've been looking forward to, to seeing some Tezzeret deck lists, because I look at that guy and I'm like, what kind of deck should this guy be in? So so what did, what's your take on him? Uh, basically how I evaluated him is you're going to try to bury them on card advantage or you know try to disrupt them enough so you're getting some artifacts down and then you're just making the artifacts into five lines and just beating down you know try to to get there <laughs> and it actually has a, a really late end game plan of ink moth nexus and you you animate ink moth nexus then make it a five five and swing that's a two turn clock you know that's five poison counters and five poison counters so it's pretty cool. Uh, so basically, you start out with four Tezzeret, Agent of Bolas, of course. And then you have uh, your mana ramps, you can get them down on turn three. You got uh, four Everflowing Chalice and four Sphere of the Suns. Wow, both. You're running both in there, huh? Because even in late game, they're not dead. You can just animate them and go. Um, so they're always good. Uh, and it plays a little bit of mana in there. Uh, you also have uh, some Disruption, uh, some uh, Duress. Uh, Inquisition of Kozilek is good. Uh, you have uh, four hard counters and stoic rebuttal, four mana leaks. Then you have your three ratchet bombs and four go for the throat for removal. And uh, for kill conditions, you, you basically have uh, one coil engine or Tezzeret, uh, creeping tar pits. Um, some other things I have in there is uh, Phyrexian Revoker. Uh, you're getting information with Duress and Inquisition of Kozilek, so you can throw down the Revokers. And uh, one of the cards I've been working with is Mirrorworks. Uh, and Mirrorworks can create copies of artifacts, so it kind of generates a little card advantage, you know, just kind of to grind out the game a little bit and try to win with uh, Tezzeret. I'm not sure if this is the way to go with him, but it, it seems like a, a good path. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely think like a controlling kind of build, and then you throw down your fatties and, or you got your Tezzeret and, uh, just use, turn things into five fives, uh, to win, especially, um, Ink Moth Nexus, I like a lot. Uh, that combo, turning him into a five five, uh, infector can kill him in two turns. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty solid. I like that, that kind of build. But I also, I was kind of thinking myself that you could build that kind of build, or you could go with like, a green black with just a splash of blue and go for uh like throw all of your artifact infectors in there and then on top of that you could have uh, so basically the the only non creature spells in the deck would be like four sphere of the suns four tesserets and then four lead the stampede so then you have what maybe like 24 other creatures in there that you're you're using to get uh, with lead to stampede. Hopefully you're drawing two to three creatures off every lead to stampede and kind of overwhelming them with uh, infect creatures and turning them into five fives with Tezzeret, getting the card advantage that way. It seems like it could be pretty sweet. It's just not very intuitive that way with his ultimate. If you were trying to use his ultimate, which maybe you wouldn't even care to try, because obviously if you're trying to infect somebody to death, it doesn't matter if you you know if they're losing life. Although it does matter if you're gaining life in some instances. So um, you could just throw all your artifact uh, infectors in there and try to go for the win like that. Uh, you think that's yeah. plausible? 
maybe I'm not too sure. I don't think the the grade of Infect artifact guys is quite high enough to really like overshadow the the good stuff artifacts and just animating them. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure which way is the right path. Uh, I'll probably test out this deck a little bit and see how it goes. Uh, but it, it seems okay. It seems pretty good, you know. Yeah, I noticed in your in your deck list there you mentioned uh, go for the throat, but no Doomblade. Is there a reason? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure if that's the right card. Uh, you maybe split like three one some way or two two or do something. Uh, try to predict, you know, your metagame a little bit for that spot. I don't know. I think in the metagame right now you might even be you're probably more likely to see an artifact creature than a black creature. And then, you know, you could have some more of either in the sideboard if you feel that you need to switch them out. It's possible that you'll see some. Uh, I haven't really developed a sideboard yet for this, but, you know, there are a lot of possibilities like, you know, Doomblade um, or the Black Sun Zenith. Uh, there's also, like, some more artifacts like Tumble Magnet, you know, Elixir of Immortality, you know, stuff like that that gives you an advantage, but also can be animated into a creature late in the game. You know, stuff that helps you out early, but then can be used later on is always good. For show. Sure. All right, well, there you go. It's a Tezzeret deck. I would like to see uh, if anyone else has any other suggestions on what kind of build you could go. You could even try to splash another color. Maybe it'd be better with white for more control, or maybe it'd be better with red for some for some reason. You never know. So let us know what you think of Tezzeret.deck. And now I would like to move on to the next section, which is the store of the week. Um, I still have yet to get any emails from any listeners about, you know, their store. So I guess everyone out there, their stores suck balls and aren't even worth mentioning. <laughs> uh, so I'll talk about another store that I visit, visited uh, in the past year or so. Um, a store called Thank You for Playing, which is near uh, Frederick, Maryland. Um, so basically it's kind of out of the way i put pump put the address into the uh gps and it, it led me to i think the place was actually called like urbana or something like that and it was a weird kind of shopping plaza where the stores looked like uh, like old-timey houses and uh i i walked up the stairs to this it was on the second floor of this building it was like a condo it didn't even seem like it was a game store it was it's really weird, <laughs> but uh knocked on the door, and there this guy opened the door there's two guys in there. It was like one kind of long room with a bunch of tables set up. They could definitely could seat some people in there, and there were just yu gi oh cards all over the damn place, so apparently this store loves their yu gi oh they play it a lot. they got like this yu gi oh video game in there, but uh you know, I was asking them about their store, and uh I guess the one of the guy's dads um owned it. And, but he basically ran it. So that seemed pretty sweet for somebody's dad to give him a game store to run. I was, <laughs> that would be, uh, I wish that happened to me when I was a, a teenager. But, uh, so, but they had magic singles. I, I bought some things at the time. I think I was trying to build polymorph, du- uh, deck and, um, got some cards for that. But, uh, you know, they, they play, they do, um, on Wednesday nights, they have drafts on, uh, Friday, they have their Friday Night Magic, so they're doing pre-release stuff there. So it's uh, definitely a, a unique store, to be sure. Um, there's there's other competition in the area for, like, Magic cards, though, so I don't know that they get the best turnout. 
but uh, definitely worth checking out, um, especially if you're a Magic player that might still have some Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Maybe you could go uh, trade them or whatever. So check it out. It's called Thank You for Playing, and it is in Frederick, Maryland. And they have a website, which I believe is like thankyouforplayingtcg.com. But as far as I could tell, they... Or no, I think they are also on Facebook. So you can check them out there. Pretty sweet. Yeah, so, but please, listeners, let me know about your store. You don't have to be, uh, doesn't have to be the most marvelous place in the world. But uh, let us know what's out there, what exists, and what other people who are in your area should be checking out. That would be great. All right, so we'll move on to the topic of the week. And the topic of the week this week is travel. And this is kind of a big deal when you're living in the middle of nowhere like us. And uh, if you want to go to a tournament, travel is necessary because big tournaments are not held around here. you got to do some decent uh, travel in order to get there. But the first aspect of that, I think, is carpooling. Because obviously, you got to make connections um, to be successful in Magic. You have to have a group that you play with, a group of people you can trust, uh, trade with, uh, borrow cards from if necessary, and uh, whenever you get that group together, you're gonna have to carpool. Is that is that pretty safe to say? Yeah, Probably. definitely. Uh, <laughs> I always carpool when I go to a tournament. You know, it, it's just much more economical to take you know one car with four or five people in it than four to five different cars. And better for the environment. Uh, who cares about the environment? <laughs> Uh, trees down to make some more magic cards. That's all I gotta say. Green mages care. Green mages care. No, they don't. Well, maybe not in uh, Mirrodin Besiege because green is evil. But uh, all right. So obviously you're gonna be carpooling. Um, but whenever you're carpooling, and one important thing to remember is that you need reliable transportation. When we were in high school, some people had some kind of busted ass cars, and uh, you couldn't always. You were like, oh, even if I'll ride with them an hour, you get, <laughs> you're kind of worried, thinking in the back of your mind, like, is this piece of crap going to make it there? Chris, I remember going to Origins in your uh, Pontiac Sunbird. What year was that? Okay, that was Origins 2001. 2001. Yeah. What, what, year, what year was the car? My car was a 1990 Pontiac Sunbird with okay. over 100,000 miles. <laughs> yeah. So Plus we didn't make hotel reservations or anything. We just sort of... Yeah, and we were. I was 17 at the time. You were 18. Thank God. Otherwise, we would have slept in the car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so we drove there. This was man. That was like 10 years ago, dude. It does not seem like it. we're fucking old. <laughs> yeah. So we're driving there in Chris's uh, Pontiac Sunbird that has it's full of full of trash, as I remember it is the the, the state it usually was in, and. Uh, <laughs> Even though, you know, I was only 17, still living with the mom, and even though I had, like, a brand-new 2001 uh, Ford Escort ZX2, which isn't that nice of a car, but, it, you know, it was brand-new, so it was reliable, my mom wouldn't let me drive it all the way to Columbus from where we lived because it's, like, a five-hour drive or something. So we're rolling in Chris's car, but thank God that thing made it. It was dependable. It got us there and back and didn't break down or nothing. Yeah. Not I'm actually wearing my Origins hat right now. Oh, I didn't even remember you got one of those. Yeah. All right, that's sweet. I think that that tournament that uh, convention still goes on. Pretty pretty sweet place, actually. I enjoyed myself a lot there. It was a great time. But yeah, try to get reliable transportation. 
you know, maybe one of your friends want to invest in a nice minivan so they can take you down in comfort, but probably not. <laughs> your friends are not like your soccer mom for Magic. What's up with that? Yeah, well, uh, Mag- Magic the Gathering moms are popular right now. They're in, so. They're usually really hot, too. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes they are. <laughs> uh, One thing about carpools is if you're riding along with someone, get rid of the nerd funk. You know, take a shot before you go. Oh, yeah, this is another example where hygiene is very, very important. Wanna... And, uh, if you're the one driving, make sure your car's cleaned out. So it's usually good. Yeah, I also found that uh, I used to ride down like an hour to the nearest Friday Night Magic um, in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia, to a shop that's no longer there called Bathman Comics. Uh, the guys in the car I would ride with were always listening to like music that I was just not into. Um, cause I was into rock and stuff, but they would always listen to one specific band, like Metallica all the time. And I'm never really got that into Metallica. Maybe a little later in life, I, I, I discovered Metallica a little bit more and some of their music's pretty good. But at the time I was just like, ah, oh, man, I got to ride down an hour both ways to this shit. <laughs> so, uh, try to be considerate. Pick something that, uh, I don't know, get a consensus as to what people are listening to or want to listen to and, uh, make the trip, make the, uh, trip more enjoyable that way. Consideration's real important. Um, and here, here's another thing. If, if a guy gets pulled over, if you're late for a tournament and a guy's speeding and gets pulled over, I think, you know, not only should you be throwing people a couple bucks for gas, but if they get a ticket trying to get you there and you're not being like, oh, don't worry about it, man. As far as, you know, getting him to slow down, you should probably throw him a couple bucks. You guys should probably split the, uh, the ticket. Cause, uh, that's not, that's a, that's a fucking rude awakening. See if that guy drives again for the next, uh, for the next Friday Night Magic that's an hour away or whatever. What do you guys think? Is that, is that reasonable? Yeah. One thing we always did when we were down, down state or any, any long distance, uh, the person who was driving would always fill up their tank. And they would drive down and back, and then once we got back to where the where we lived, uh, they would fill up again, and that amount would be split evenly among the people that rode along. Hey, that's a good idea. If you got time for that, go for it. So yeah, split split expenses is basically what we're we're talking about here. So be prepared to you know not don't just have fifteen bucks on you for a draft and no money in your bank account. If you probably shouldn't go, if that's the if that's the case, because maybe uh, you're just not ready. <laughs> and then like you got your two day events, or like you even got conventions that are like four day events, and you're gonna need a hotel. And let me tell you, if you're a younger kid, like we were talking about before, I was only 17, Chris was 18, and the first hotel we went to, not only was like 150 bucks a night or something like that, which we had because we had all our graduation money. We just got out of high school. But they were like, okay, and uh, can I see your driver's license? And, oh, you're not 21 or 25 or whatever the age is, but you can't just go to any hotel and expect them to give you a room, apparently, if you're not, if you're only 18 years old. So we ended up staying at a Motel 6. So that there's a tip for you guys. Motel 6, if you're only 18, you need a place to stay. They got cheap rooms. I think it was only like $50, $55 a night. And then, uh, and not only are they cheap, but, you know, they, they cater to people who are of younger age, so. But make sure you got an 18-year-old with you. That's important, too, because if you got a bunch of 16, 17-year-olds trying to go to a, a weekend event and you need to stay somewhere, you're going to be sleeping in the car. All right? Yeah, so, and, and uh, I guess my final tip as far as travel, 
streamline the cards you take. Basically, don't put all your magic cards in one basket. I, I kind of had to learn this the hard way, or somebody else learned it for me. Um, all of I kind of combined at one time my my card collection with a friend of mine named Chuck. And uh, Chuck went to a tournament and had all of our rares sitting in it. It was an extremely thick binder. It was uh, chock full of stuff. Um, just the thing that I lament most about not having anymore is the four force of wills that were in there because uh, I haven't gotten any since. So, uh, uh, But basically he was sitting there playing. His, his backpack was on his chair right behind him, and apparently the backpack zipper was open. And some dude, while he was you know really focused on the game, even though it was right on his back, some somebody snuck over there, lifted the whole binder right out from behind him, and uh, it was gone forever. So, if you're going, obviously you're probably going to want some cards to trade, but there's no, you know, take your some of your tradable stuff with you, and uh, make, but make sure that you're not taking anything that's unnecessary, because there's no reason to lose your whole damn collection, you know, just because you know, you're in an area you're not familiar with and there are shifty people around because there definitely are a lot of shifty, shitty people that steal magic cards. I mean, I've heard of cards, people go into a tournament and leave their entire collection in a car and the cars get broken into and everything's gone. And obviously this isn't like homeless people breaking into a car to steal magic cards. Your average person doesn't even know they have any value. But uh, another magic player saw was in there. Was like, "Ooh, sweet! Let's jack this!" And uh, that's what happened. So, uh, you know, just take the necessities, take your trade material, and keep it tight to you, man. Um, I always play. I take. I do take a de- pretty decent amount of cards with me usually when I go, just so I have everything available. But uh, that I might need. But I put them in a duffel bag, which is zipped up, and it's always when I'm playing. At a bigger tournament, like a PTQ, it's draped across my feet. So if anybody's messing with it, if anybody touches it in any way, I'm going to feel it. So there you go. I got the full weight <laughs> of the cards on me. I can only imagine that now. Some guys like bent over between your legs. You're like, hey, hey, what are you doing down there? Yes, my feet are tingling. Spider sense is tingling. <laughs> Quit messing <laughs> with my deck. Uh. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, yeah. actually had uh, a story about that. Yeah. Down to PTQ... Uh, I was at one of the vendors uh, looking to buy some singles, and I had a binder and a deck box sitting on top of the binder. It was sitting there right beside the uh, the case, uh, glass case of cards that they were selling singles. And I was going through, and I was looking for some stuff to fill out a deck. And this guy walks up, and he's he's like standing right in front of my binder and my uh, deck box. And this is the deck I registered, the turn whatever. And, like he he's just sitting there, and he's like fiddling around. Kind of like looking around and looking over, and he puts his hand on the deck box, and like he kind of like messes with it, and like it, he like started to pick it up, and I was like, "Dude, what are you doing?" And he was like, "Huh? Well, what do you mean?" And I was like, "Those are my cards. What are you doing?" And like he was like, "Oh, sorry," and like left. Like people are really shady, so you gotta kind of watch your stuff, keep it close. You know, even if you're by a vendor, you know they're not gonna look out for you, so. Yeah. Can I keep your eyes peeled? No, I, be- I believe that there are people that go to those tournaments, I mean, not even to play, just specifically looking for people who are leaving cards laying around, not paying attention, and trying to steal as much as possible. So, you know, obviously you can make money off of Magic cards. There are vendors right there that might buy them from, from them for, you know, your whole collection could be sold for half its worth or less. So uh, take care of yourself when you're traveling and playing in other places. Um 
I mean, any of you guys got any other tips as far as like getting to places or, uh, you know, just any, any tips? You definitely need to plan ahead. You can't just, you know, spur the moment thing, you know, get a good night's rest. You know, don't go on, you know, 24 hours straight of no sleep grinding out your deck before you go down and you gotta get to sleep, you gotta be prepared. So, yep. Like, and try to set aside a decent amount of time ahead, uh, ahead of time to, to, uh, play test. Just cause it'll make you have, you'll have more fun when you're traveling, when you're winning more because you know what the cards are. And like, another thing, um, you gotta research stuff, so whenever you go, go check out the, uh, the spoilers for, for Besiege, like we said before, and you'll be ready, you know, you'll know what the cards are when you see them. You'll know what they do and you won't be surprised by anything. But, uh, as far as the travel goes, those are our tips as far as transportation and, you know, packing light. So please do that. Oh yeah. And if you're also there for a long day, um, I went with, uh, to PTQ recently and thank God the guy I was, went with was thinking ahead because I wasn't. And he, uh, went to the, like the gift shop at the hotel where the tournament was right away and bought, uh, like some power bars. So you get, you know, in the middle of the day, you could, if you're winning, you could be there for a really, really long time playing game after game of magic. It can be mentally draining and, uh, you know, get the protein, get some energy, fill yourself up. You might not always have time to eat between rounds, but, you know, even if it, you probably have time to throw down a, a, pa- a power bar or protein bar or whatever. So there's another tip for you. Yep. Uh, one good thing to take with you always is like, uh, like Tylenol or ibuprofen or something like that, you because... Know, Near the end of the day, like it's it, sometimes it's physically draining, and you, you didn't get a chance to eat very much, and you're a little dehydrated. So, um, you know, you gotta kind of be prepared for that stuff, and you don't want to get like a terrible headache and then just throw games away. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, and there's uh, a couple more things I always take: um, uh, a couple cans of Four Loco, some baby powder, and condoms. So. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely. Yeah. Always. There you. <laughs> There you go. Uh, enjoy. Enjoy your tournament. All right. So that's it for our topic of the week. And uh, we'll go move on to listener email, or as I would like to call it this week, a uh, lack of listener email, thanks to goddamn videos on mtgcast.com. <laughs> um, I don't want to be, like, too petty or anything, but, you know, our podcast went up on the site in, you know, I think it was Saturday, no, Sunday, Sunday morning, like Sunday morning. And then by Sunday evening, there had been like four or five videos posted. And those things just took up so much pace, uh, space on the front page that, you know, if you were, if you were not digging a little deeper and we were on the second page. So if you weren't digging a little deeper for podcasts, um, you were not seeing our podcast or having a chance to listen to it. So I, I think that might've had an effect on us. I'm kind of lobbying for maybe a separate section on the site for videos. Like you can just click at the top for videos and you know, I know video podcasts d- deserve their fair share too, but I don't know. They just take up so much space. It's, it's kind of annoying. The, the one thing that I saw was like, it's one series of videos but it's, it's three different videos from one series, but they're they're posted and they each take up like ten spaces for podcasts. Yeah, you can consolidate those into one. I, I know you can do it. Well, maybe maybe that's not the the format they had it set up in or whatever. Maybe they were trying to put it on YouTube too, so they separated it. But you know, there's probably a better way than having a giant 
picture there, like a separate page. Um, you could click on a link and it could take you to a separate page where you have that. Yeah. I don't know, just so it's fair for every everyone. Um, not everyone makes a video podcast, but they all deserve to get seen, right? So, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, well, we did get something. Our old pal uh, Sarkin Mad. First, he had a guess for the card contest, and that was Kragenwick Cremator. Uh, a solid guess, to be sure, but no, not the card for the contest. So um, we will uh, give you another hint later on here in the show. And let me see here. How much... Somebody look up for me how much Kragenwick Cremator co- uh, the mana cost is, Okay. That would be cool. <laughs> um, but then he also said, I think, I believe it was him who commented on our last cast and basically just said, solid cast, entertaining and, and informative. Um, I'm glad you thought so. Um, we're trying to keep this one a little shorter this week because last week it was almost two hours long and, uh, I thought it probably ran a little bit long. So hopefully, um, we can get it closer, you know, to, you know, more digestible to you guys and keep it a little bit shorter than that. But there were so many spoilers coming out that people might not have seen yet. We just wanted to talk about them. So hope you enjoyed that. But thank you for the kind words, Sarkimad, as usual. And, uh, you know, everyone keep coming with the guesses for the card contest. Has anyone seen how much Kragenwick Cremator costs? Two and two red. So it costs four? Yes, sir. Okay. So I guess uh, I'll narrow it down a little bit more this week as far as the card contest and what card I'm thinking of. Do you remember what some uh, what some of the clues I've already given are, guys? It's not a token. It's not an unhinged card. Uh, you know, it is a real legit you know card. It's a legacy legal magic card. Yes. Um, I also it's also a creature, and. What did, oh yeah, last week I said my hint was that it's really bad. It's not a good card at all. Um, so this week, um, based on Kragenwick Cremator's casting costs, I'll let you know that it is either the same or a lower converted mana cost than Kragenwick Cremator. So now we got a little bit better idea that it's not a big, you know, high casting cost creature. Four or less is the converted mana cost of this this particular creature. So uh, give us a holler. Let us know what you think it is. Whoever guesses the card will be getting, uh, from me, a Mutavault. I decided I'm going to give you a Mutavault, which, you know, is like a $20 card at least. And, or, and um, a Foil Zendikar Island, which is like a $5 land. And, heck, maybe something else later on if I bust something really cool at the Besieged. Um, pre-release, maybe I'll add that in too. And then, uh, you had thought of something you wanted to add into the pot there, Robert? Yeah, of course. We have a, a Grave Titan here to throw in. Alright, get a Grave Titan too. So we got a decent and, uh, collection of cards. I'm sure I can find a few other things, you know, laying around that are awesome. Alright, yeah, so you guys, uh, keep listening, keep guessing. Just send us, um, an email, or, you know, we already said what our, tw- uh, Twitters were. You can let us know there. You can, I'd prefer an email or some direct contact like that so we can, you know, know for sure who's telling us this. Because if you just leave it in the comment section, then we won't, you know, maybe we'll say this person won and then somebody else will, con- somebody else will contact us saying they're you and then you won't get the prize. Uh, so yeah, or you can, you can email me, um, at manekitora.com. It'll be in the show notes. Um, you guys want to give your emails out? 
Sure, you can contact me at zephys at gmail.com. That's Z-E-P-H-Y-S at gmail.com. And mine is bunsonator at gmail.com. B-U-N-S-O-N-A-T-O-R. All right, cool. Yeah, so I guess that's pretty much it for the for the week here. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully be hearing from you guys. Tell us your store of the week you want to, uh, us to talk about. If you have any deck ideas uh, with featuring Besiege cars in particular, let us know. Yeah, just anything you want to talk about that we talked about today, we can uh, elaborate a little bit on, on a little bit more and send your contest uh, guesses as well. Let's do some peace out, peace outs, guys. Uh, what you got for us, Chris? Keep it nerdy, yo. Word and Robert. Well, you know, you gotta first pick the Razorfield Rhino, and that's the key to winning. All right, look for that Razorfield Rhino, folks. And yeah, I don't even know what to say. Just you know, get your four loco, your baby powder, and your condoms. Uh, this is Travesty Jones from all of us here at Magic in the Middle of Nowhere. Peace. Out. This is Major Tom to ground control. I'm stepping through the door. And I'm floating in the most peculiar way. And the stars look very different today.